Hello, my name is Martin and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about strategies you can use if you feel stuck in your own mind. Our brains are amazing. They are the most complex thing we've discovered in our universe. However, what happens when it feels like our brain is working against us? We can feel trapped, smothered by thoughts and feelings, And this can quickly convince us that we're going to feel like this forever. First, I want to say that it's so important to realise that you're not broken and that this isn't a permanent state of mind. Today, I'm going to discuss some strategies that you can implement right now if you're feeling overwhelmed. And, if you're between the ages of 15 and 26, I think it's important to provide you with some additional context. I want you to consider the differences between a newborn baby and a 10-year-old kid. The 10-year-old is much taller, has a wider vocabulary, can make their own breakfast, do mathematics, write sentences and read books. A newborn, on the other hand, is fairly helpless. They require feeding, bathing, they can't even regulate their own body temperature. Perhaps, rather unsurprisingly, a newborn baby's brain is about 25% developed, and a 10-year-old's brain is about 93% developed. That's a huge amount of brain development in 10 years. Fast forward to a 16 year old and your brain is approximately 95% developed. So it's almost there. However, it's not fully developed until you're around 26 years of age. You may feel that 95% at 16 is okay, it's only 5% to go, but it still takes another full decade to fully develop that final 5%. The same amount of time between a newborn and a 10-year-old kid. Externally, there may not appear to be too much different between a 16-year-old and a 26-year-old. Definitely not as dramatic as the difference to a newborn and a 10-year-old. But internally, particularly inside our brains, there's a tremendous amount of development and growth. For example, If you're listening to this right now and you're under the age of 26, you're literally using a different part of your brain than I am right now. You're using a part of your brain called the amygdala. I'm using a part of my brain called the prefrontal cortex. So why is that important? Well, these two parts of our brains have two very different functions and that can impact how we react to our environment. For example, we could see 
or hear the same thing, but how we process that within our brains is very, very different. So what is the amygdala and what is the prefrontal cortex? Well, our prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that I'm using right now, is responsible for things like logic, reasoning, and thinking things through. Our amygdala, on the other hand, the part that you may be using, is responsible for emotions like anger, happiness, and sadness. Essentially, you're using the emotional center of your brain most of the time when you think, whereas someone over the age of 26 isn't. This is sometimes described as the developmental gap. You essentially have a really well-developed emotional centre, your amygdala. However, the area needed to really think things through is still developing quite slowly, your prefrontal cortex. It's like having a really exciting fast car in your brain without the brakes. During this stage in your life, it's easy to be caught up in the intense emotions. However, it may be much more difficult to turn them down or control them. Now this is perfectly normal, however, it may not feel like it at the time. And this is why this can be a particularly dangerous stage during people's lives. Young people between 16 and 26 may believe that they're going to be overwhelmed by these emotions forever, when in fact, the emotional power will subside substantially and naturally beyond 25, 26 years of age. Although this is really useful information, and I wish I'd been told it as a teenager, it's still not great for me just to suggest when you reach 26, you'll be fine. What can we do right now if we're stuck in our own heads? There are a few strategies that you can implement right now. Like I said at the beginning, our brains are amazing, but what happens if we get stuck in there? One of the biggest challenges people have is replaying scenarios in the past that cause them to feel sad, ashamed or guilty or they're panicking about future events, generating fear and anxiety. Humans have an amazing ability to create mental scenarios and visualize certain things within their own minds. This is an amazing biological feature that can allow us to assess situations and was probably really, really useful when we're living a more hunter-gatherer lifestyle. Could perhaps visualize yourself scaling a tree to reach a food source, figuring out which branches could hold your weight before you even step foot on the tree. Fortunately, we don't need to scale trees each day to find our food, but the mental machinery still exists in our head. We still have this amazing ability. Unfortunately, more often than not, we use this amazing ability against us and it can become our own worst enemy. 
If we get trapped in such mental loops, it may be hard to escape the emotional response. In fact, these images can be so powerful, our body doesn't even realise they're not real. We begin to have physiological responses, as if it's happening right now. Our heart rate may increase, our throats may go dry, we may feel sick or waves of sadness. Fortunately, we do have some control over these thoughts. First, if you cannot stop replaying something in your head, try and replay the image in your head in black and white. If I told you right now to imagine a large red apple in your head, hopefully you can visualise that. Now, with that image, take the colour away and imagine the same apple but in black and white. By removing the colour, we also remove lots of the emotional attachment associated with the image. Try this next time the mental loop comes into your head and over time the emotions attach will have less of an impact on you. Something else we can do is change the quality and resolution of the mental image. Our brains will play back mental images in HD, IMAX, 4K quality. This adds to the intensity and severity of the thoughts in our head. What we can begin to do is shrink the visual player in our minds. We can shrink the image so it begins to lose some of the detail. If we practice and combine it with our removal of colour, over time, these images will loosen their hold over your mind. The next strategy was taken from Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, which I'd highly recommend reading if you are consumed by some thoughts. He talks about becoming the watcher of our thoughts. I'll give an example to help illustrate the point. I'm a little ashamed to admit that when I get behind the wheel of a car, I have been known to get a little frustrated, to put it mildly, if someone cuts out in front of me or does something daft on the road. I don't beat my horn or completely lose it, but I definitely get a bit of road rage. When I started trying to watch my thoughts, something really strange happened. If someone cut out in front of me or did something daft, a thought would immediately enter my head. Like, how did they get their license, who taught them to drive, etc. When I started watching my thoughts though, I'd ask myself, did I ask to have that thought? Did I ask to have the thought coming into my mind about how stupid that other driver is? <laughs> No. Actually, I didn't. And if I didn't ask for that thought, who did? Surely I'm the only person in here. When you begin to realise you're not 
it, it can be a bit of a weird experience. Eckhart Tolle talks about this as part of your ego, a part of your mind that's trying to gain control by providing you with thoughts that you react to emotionally. By being emotionally charged, your ego is actually in control. The ego wants to be in control, and in order to maintain that control, it needs you to be able to react and be trapped by your emotions. We will discuss the ego in a whole other episode, but what we can begin to do right now is choose whether we want to react emotionally to something or not. We actually have control over how we react. So the next time a thought enters your head, pause for a moment and ask yourself, did I ask for this thought? If the answer is no, then you can ask yourself, do I really want to react to this thought? What you can begin to do over time is build a little mental distance between you and the thoughts. And the realisation that you're not your thoughts is fairly profound. In fact, you're something much deeper. You're the silent watcher of your thoughts. The final piece of advice I'll give in this episode is talking to someone. Talking to someone you trust or a professional is honestly one of the best things you can do. The best analogy I've heard was by a guy called Ed DeRoe. The emotional load you're carrying can feel physically heavy. It can feel like you're carrying a weight around with you everywhere you go. If you imagine this emotion is like a couch, carrying a couch on your own isn't a great idea. You're not going to get very far, and in the long run you're probably going to end up in more pain. By allowing someone to grab the other side, you can instantly take away some of that pressure. It only works when you both carry the load. This isn't someone coming to rescue you and carry the couch for you. This is a meeting in the middle and you're carrying an end together. I really love this image because it's so true. Talking to somebody can lift a tremendous amount of weight off your shoulders. However, you need to carry the other end. Be as open and as honest as you can. Take their perspective on board and think to yourself, what can I do to improve my situation? There's lots of great advice and strategies out there and we will discuss more in the future. If you're feeling completely overwhelmed, please reach out to someone you trust or phone a helpline. This is not forever, you are not broken, and you're here on this planet to do something important.